lives to you for your honor and your glory. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. As I was listening to that song once again and listening to you as the Church of Jesus Christ singing it with all your heart, that last song especially is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That the greatest gift ever that he promised was himself. And then the church arose. Out of all of that part of the song, that part, like almost always, I'm not saying I cried, but sometimes I cry. During that part, why? Is because the church of Christ was born and the spirit led a flame in us. And this is what we've been talking about for the last seemingly forever in this Jesus' teaching about his kingdom and what's expected of it. And we as the church of Jesus Christ, oh, what an honor it is that you and I get to be a part of fanning the flame of what the Spirit is doing in in us in an unbelieving world until he returns. And as we say around here, Jesus is coming sooner today than he was when? Yesterday. And if we truly believe that, there are people who are lost and dying and going to hell without Jesus. There are people who think that they're saved, but they're really not saved because they think that their good deeds save them. But then at the same time, there's people even with inside this congregation that think that they're saved because, you know what, they, they just prayed a prayer and they believed and their life has not changed. But then there's some of you who are in this room that you truly believe that God Almighty lives in you through the Holy Spirit. You truly believe that Jesus Christ literally died and is literally coming again because he's forgiven of your, you or your sins so that you can have a relationship with God forever. And that truth has changed your life. Does it mean you're still going to sin? Yes. But it means that you're going to be convicted. It means that you're going to be challenged. It's going to be this idea, this mindset, this surrender all to him. I'm going to say it again. That, ladies and gentlemen, is faithfulness. And I can tell you the truth. It's very difficult to be faithful in this unbelieving world. Isn't it true? So today we're going to dive into just a part of a passage that we read last week. And I really want you guys to really kind of listen to this and perceive for yourself that you and I collectively have gifts that God has given us for the furtherment of the gospel of Jesus Christ in an unbelieving world. And these gifts that we all hold in common, that we will also be able to encourage each other in this world that is going cuckoo crazy. So may you and I truly, really pay attention today. Because I know there'll be the tendency of your coffee's wearing out, the tendency of it was a late night last night. But I can almost guarantee you if you listen intently, like we should anyway, and we will ultimately do what he says. And if we do, this world will be a different place because of us, the church of Jesus Christ. Father, 
Thank you for being so loving to us that in your faithfulness you sent your son. And Jesus, thank you for coming to this earth in humility to die for the forgiveness of me, for us in our depravity, you still love us. But as you died, rose again, and ascended into heaven, you say you're going to come back, but you didn't leave us orphans. You sent your spirit as promised. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for living in, a, in us to those who truly believe. Now, I ask, God, that you truly allow this feeble human being to be able to preach your truth. And may I, may we never, ever, ever take for granted the words that we are reading as just a textbook. No, this is your story. And as we understand your story, we get to know you more. And in this place of surrendering our life to you, may we remain faithful to the end, whether that's today, whether that's in a hundred years, if you choose to tarry. But may every day be a day of living faithfully to you as our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said? A quick question, and let's kind of be honest with this. How many guys ever rewrap Christmas gifts? Raise your hand. And, all right. If you don't know what rewrapping is, it is taking a horrendous, terrible gift that you do not want, rewrapping it and give it to somebody. Not saying that I've ever done that, but I shouldn't do that. Why? Because I can put it on eBay and make some money off of your gift. But what if you got the most precious gift ever? Maybe it's for the young people, a brand new iPhone 752, whatever number they're at right now. Or maybe for you, it's a brand new house, a car, whatever. You got this gift, and you didn't pay for it. It was given to you. You would probably not rewrap that gift. Why? Because it's special to you. You actually want it. You want to keep it for yourself. You're going to see today, and not only the illustration, but during the teaching, is this. We have been given the greatest gift spiritually, and that is Jesus Christ, our, our King of kings and our Lord of lords. But what do we do? We don't rewrap this gift in any way, shape, or form, but we keep him to ourselves, resulting in a world as not being able to be given the greatest gift ever because the church of Jesus Christ is the gift giver from the place of being given a gift. So, with that being said, is turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Um, we're going to start in verse 47, read 48. If you're new to Catalyst Church and you don't have the journal, and you're like, what is the journal? I'm glad you asked. It's a little black book that my friend Greg is going to be passing out, and basically it's a free gift for you on one side of the page. So if, if you don't have a journal, just raise your hand real quick, and Greg, I think there's some in the back there. I think there's some over here. So just raise your hand, one right there. And one journal per person. Don't, don't like grab 15 of them and just bring back one or leave one in your car. So one journal. Um, but then let's go and take some notes. Um, and this is what it says on page 99 of your journal. Just a little bit of clarification of this. Jesus was talking about his return. Starting in verse 35 and even before, it's like, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. 
I've got you. And then it's like, I'm coming back as a master who goes to a wedding and comes back at a time that we do not know. So what should we do? Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamp burning. And then the parable even continues. And that servant who does not prepare and the master comes back and you're beating people and you're being drunk um, and eating and partying and pretending as if the master is not going to be returning, there's going to be consequences and, in fact, punishment of this. Now, here is, here's this next passage. This next passage is about to say the following. We're going to concentrate on the latter part of it, but the first part of it is simply this. For those of you who know what to do and you don't do it, there will be more extreme punishment. What that looks like in eternity, I don't know. But Jesus himself is saying that. So, for those of us who know what we should do as faithful followers of Jesus, but don't do it, there will be extreme consequences for us. Now, for those people who are ignorant and literally don't know what the word says, there will still be punishment, but there will be less punishment because they just don't know. So what does that look like, eternity? Does it look like people will be punished forever? Does it mean that there will be limited punishment? No matter what, I want you to listen to me. I don't know, but we do know you don't want to be punished. All right? Simply that. You don't know, we don't know, but we do know that there's punishment and judgment to come for those who are not faithfully following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So this is what it says in verse 47. And it says this, And that servant who knew the master's will, like I said, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a what? Will receive a what? Severe beating, severe punishment. But the one who did not know and did not deserve and, and, and did what deserved a beating will receive a what? Light beating. Okay, so that's, that's the crux of this. And then he transitions into this idea of that we've been given much. Now it's our job to um, give much. All right, so he's like, so here, I want you to listen. Please listen closely to me. If the first part of the passage is saying you know what to do and don't do it, and there's punishment. Again, I don't know what that looks like, but Jesus is talking about this here. But we're about to find out that we're given stuff and we're much required to do stuff with it. This is the purpose of the church. Faithful, obedient people of Jesus Christ until he returns. And again, I want to say this again. Our works don't save us. The grace of Jesus Christ saves us. But the fruit of our salvation should lead to good works and faithful living. Got that? Make sure you get that out of your mind. Works don't save you. Now, we are about to learn something. So here's my encouragement to you. Leave now. Like, let, like let, let, give me a second. You can leave now. Why? Because after you hear what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, what does this punishment look like and this beating at the end? I don't know. But now that you're about to hear the truth of God again, I'm giving you the opportunity to leave so you don't hear it, so there's not a severe punishment for you. But now for all of you who stayed, guess what? Listen to God and what? Do what he says. So now that we're listening to God and doing what he says, let this not be, oh, that's a good thing for Tim. Oh, that's a good thing for Kim. No, that, no. let it be for you to soak it into your everyday life. And this is what it says in verse 48b. Anyone to whom much was, what? Given. Much was given. 
of him much will be what? Required. And for him to whom they entrust how much? Much. They will be demanded more. So I'm going to read it again. Everyone who much is given, of him much will be required. And from him to much have been entrusted, they will be demanded what? More. So as we look into the original language, what it says here is the word given in the passage here. The word given actually means the following. Granted to, supplied to, and delivered. So given, of course, as we know as a gift, it's been given to you. You don't earn it. It's nothing that, that you get from doing good deeds. It's granted to you and supplied and delivered to, to you. Resulting in this word given means that, that there was a giver who supplies and delivers. Um, and this gift was not earned by one receiving the gift. The word entrusted. So he says, for given much... But we're also entrusted much. This is a beautiful uh, set of words that kind of summarizes this in the original language. Entrusted means set before. So he's given these gifts and he's also set before us. Watch this. The Jesus, the master, has set before us who are true and faithful servants the gift of his what? Will to follow. What has the master Jesus set before you? What gifts do you have? I want you to listen to me. We are about to talk about um, two types of gifts. Next week, we're going to be talking about each and every one of you who are in Christ Jesus have been given individual gifts to, to be faithful with. We'll get to that. Today, we're going to be talking about how you and I have common gifts that we have been entrusted with. In other words, set before us to do something with and not just to keep it to Ourself. That this common gift is things that you have and you have and you have and I have commonly to take care of. Again, next week we'll be talking about others. So I want you to hear me loud and clear that these are vitally important truths that we all hold in common. And I'll give you a challenge at the end with what we're about to talk about. Now, I'm going to illustrate this. I'm going to encourage you with this. Now, there's many others. So if you're like, why did you leave this out? I didn't include it, all right? So, so you and I, get this, have common, entrusted things, gifts that we have been given. I'm going to share with you about six or seven. To do what with? We'll talk about that in a second. So let me start out with this. This right here is, is you, as it says, because you can read. This is you. You, before Christ Jesus, were empty and void of, of grace and mercy of anything. You filled it with worldly things, worldly desires. You filled it with yourself. But as you know, you look at some professional athletes making multi-millions of dollars, and they're like, there's got to be something, what? More. Even though they have all the resources in the world, even though they have great fan base, they're empty and using common folks like you and I, if you're not in Christ Jesus, there is a void that is in you and it's emptiness. And the void that is there was supposed to be and is supposed to be God himself who lives in you. You are created in his image, but we, look at Romans chapter one, we have chosen the creation versus the creator. 
My prayer for you is for those of you who have truly recognized your emptiness, and we can all relate to this. If you are in Christ, you're like, I used to be void of God. I'd be void of his grace and his mercy and his peace that we're about to talk about. But hear me closely. If you are here and you're empty, the answer is who? Is Jesus. So God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have ever what? Lasting life. So the greatest gift ever that for those of us in Christ Jesus that we share is simply himself. Jesus Christ came and he gave himself up for us that for all who would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How did he do this? Philippians chapter 5 5 through 8 says this, we have this, among, we have this among yourselves, which is yours in who? In Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, Jesus is God, but he, you're about to find out, he gave up his um, Godship and his power and he humbled himself, why? So that he can relate to you and I. He did not account quality with God something to be grasped, but he what? He emptied himself to fill yourself with himself. Okay, all right. By taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, what did he do? He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So when Jesus Christ came, here's the good news. You and I are wicked, sinful people, born into sin. But God so loved you that he sent himself through Jesus Christ, his son, to die for the forgiveness of your sins. The sins that you do and the grace that he has came together, forgave your sins, and now he lives in you through his grace and mercy. That by itself is a mic drop. Let's leave. Let's go home. That's all you need to know today. Why? It's because in Jesus Christ, your life is transformed into his image. He now lives what? in you. This is where you and I need to get to the place in our mind that yes, we might struggle with depression, anxiety, worldly things, desires and everything, but just say, forget all of that. I've got Jesus. If you got Jesus, that by itself is the greatest gift ever. Just think about this. Again, Jesus, the creator of the universe, came to this earth to forgive his creation for their sin. He loves you. So, from this place, there are some smaller gifts, big gifts, but smaller gifts from the place of knowing Jesus Christ and him living in you. So, this is where it gets to God's will. All right? These are some things, so now that Jesus lives in you, so... If you don't know Jesus, don't think about anything else. Think about your sin, his grace, his mercy, that he wants to forgive you. Just think about that the rest of the time. For those of us who are in Christ, these are some things that are fruitful and the faithfulness of Jesus that are in us. The first one is, is peace. I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. The greatest funerals that I ever do are for Christ followers. It's sad, it's sad, it's sad. Why? Because we miss the person. 
But there's just a peace that surpasses all understanding. Why? Because we miss the person, but we know that we are going to be with them one day forever. And again, I'll say this again, heaven is not the desire to see your family. The heaven is the desire to be with God forever. The cherry on the top is you'll have your family there too, who are in Christ. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, Peace I, what? Leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not give... Uh, I did not, I do not give to, the, to you as the world gives. Okay, so what does the world give us? Not peace, right? <laughs> All right? So just, just listen to this. This probably should have been a 17-week series. Okay, listen. If the world gives you not peace, then don't follow the world. If your mind gives you not peace, don't believe what's happening in your mind. You got the idea? All right. Do not let your heart be troubled, and do not be, what? Afraid. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And the peace of God that surpasses all of our understanding will guard your hearts and our minds where? In Christ Jesus. So if Christ Jesus is in you, he gives us what? Peace that surpasses all of our understanding. And this is, trust me, these funerals that I go to and you go to, I'm telling you what, it just doesn't make sense why this person is at peace. So not only does he give him himself, he gives us peace, but there's more. He gives us grace and forgiveness. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, you know you, all right? Would you have forgiven you of your sins, yes or no? Probably not. Probably not. Why? Because you know how bad you are. Maybe you're a religious person and you've done all the religious things and you're thinking good deeds. I'm telling you what, there's grace and forgiveness for that. But all the same time, maybe if you've been an axe murderer or a rapist or whatever, there's grace available for you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this grace is so beautiful because like it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and what? Just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his what? Blood. His blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. You look through the Old Testament law, a life had to be lost in order for sins to be forgiven. And then it says, The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of what? His grace. And grace is God's unmerited favor, which is simply this. You don't deserve his love. You don't deserve his forgiveness. You don't deserve to have a relationship with God. And I can go on all day. You don't deserve but God's grace. Why? Because he, and we'll get to this in a second, loves you. And it says this, that he has lavished on us in all wisdom, insight, making known to us the what? And this is the mystery, the mystery of his will, as we're talking about. According to his purpose, which he has set in Christ, there it is, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to himself, things in heaven and things on earth. And then... Ephesians chapter 2, for it's by grace you have been what? 
saved. So for those of you in the room right now have already been contemplating, well, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. Shouldn't God allow good people to get to heaven? Guess what? There ain't none. There's no good person on earth. Why? Because it's for grace that you've been saved through faith. And not of yourself and not of your own doing. It's a what of God. It's a gift of God. Why? Not resulting in our works, but so that nobody can boast. Isn't that just a beautiful truth? So he's given us himself. He's given us um, peace. He's also given grace and forgiveness, but also he gives us love. Can I get an amen for his amazing love? Oh, my gracious me, just love. I mean, just, I, I just can't wait to get to heaven and say, hey, daddy, give me a hug. You laugh because, I mean, that's what Scripture ta- talks about. We talked about that like months ago. That's how we should treat God. He is our daddy. We should desire this. We're living for Jesus, and we're going to get a big hug from God, our daddy, one day. If you think I'm being heretical by calling him daddy, yeah, you're missing out. He's my daddy, and may he be yours too. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, in this is love. Ready for this? In this, how many guys love God? Raise your hand. All right, that's nothing. Let me try that again. How many guys love God? Raise your hand. That's nothing. All right. In this is love. What's this next word? It's a three-letter word. Everybody should be able to read it. What's this next word? Not. Okay. In this is love. Not that we have loved God. So it does not matter how much you love God. Got it? But that he, what? Loved us and sent his son, Jesus, to be the propitiation for our sins. The payment of of our sins, we talked about the verse before, in his blood, in his sacrifice. So this verse is, so he's given us love from Jesus, not because you loved him. If our salvation was based on how much you love God, you'd all go to hell, including myself. But God so loved me that the greatest love in Christ Jesus, through the blood sacrifice of him, we now are loved. Okay. All right. Let's go to these next three, and then we're going to go into some practical takeaways. Number three is he calls us his friend. Isn't that awesome? That not only does he give us peace, he gives us love, he gives us grace, forgiveness, but he also calls us friend. First John, or John chapter 15, 14 through, um, 14 through 15, it says this, You are my what? You're my friends. If you do what I command. Again, listen. This is, again, a repetition is the key to learning. So the repetition is this. Just as he called us to be faithful and obey his commands, it's fruit about how much that we love him and resulting in friendship. All right? No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you, what? Friends. For all that have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Again, the passage that we just got talked about in verse 46, 47, basically says, you know what the will of God is. As faithful people, 
listen to God and do what he says, as the fruit of Jesus being in you, just knowing that he is your friend. Now, I learned this new word over the last little bit with my teenage kids. There are new things called friend groups. Anybody know that, friend groups? Back in the day, or just, hey, buddy, or hey, click, or whatever it was. Now they're called friend groups. The young people call them friend groups. Maybe you already knew this. Maybe I'm just catching up with this. But friend groups. These friend groups are groups of people that are what? Friends. <laughs> All right? And they're close-knit friends. They're not just hello friends. They're, they're a friend group. They tweet together. They TikTok thing together. They Insta stuff together. They do all this stuff together. And sometimes, when they're not too busy on social media, they meet together. Right? All right? If they have time to get physically together in a place, they get together. But here, I mentioned this to say is, Having the right type of friend group is vitally important. If you have a friend group that has a little bit of the world and a little bit of Jesus, you're going to miss out completely. Be all in. Be all in with your friend group here in Christ Jesus. i got to get going. Not only does he give us friends, he calls us friends, but he also gives us his what? It gives us this word. And I, I okay, I'm just going to say this. I wish you all would just, not saying you don't, this is just my perception of my heart. You have the word of God that Jesus spoke and allowed us to live in. And we're like, that's a big book. There's a lot of words I don't understand. I will just get to that gift later on. Days, weeks, months, years, decades. All of a sudden you're like, my life kind of stinks. I know I, I know I have Jesus. It just, there's also something missing. There's, there's this gift that I know Pastor Dave says every day. And, um, and something he actually gives us a little, little card with a little verse on it. What is that? It's the word of God. And they're like, wow, where do I start? Let me start in Genesis. And then you get to Leviticus and you're done, right? Okay, are you with me? But, But just like start in the gospel, start reading it. But also just like maybe start right, right there. (laughs) Just say, why? Because you and I have the word of God that we get. We are given his word. Jesus answered, if anyone loves me, he must keep my what? My word. And my father who loves him will come to him and make our home with him. Um, Whoever does not love me does not keep my word. And maybe it's because you don't know it. That's the latter part of the, the first part of that passage that we read today. The word that you hear is not my own, but from the father who sent me. So the word, and we'll get to that in a second. Then the last one. And probably the most important is the Holy Spirit of God. You are gifted with God himself in you. Just think about this. The Spirit who hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation lives in you. If you love me, keep my commands, it says again. And I will give, I will ask the Father, I being Jesus will ask the Father to send the Spirit all right, and I will send and give you, there it is, it's a gift, another advocate to help you, advocate, p- 
paraclete, being able to help you, a helper, and, and with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives, what? With you and, be, and will be, what? In you. Isn't that just awesome? Have, you just read the Bible and you're like, man, that hurts my heart. The Holy Spirit's like, yeah, I hurt your heart because I'm the spirit of truth. The things that you know you shouldn't do, we'll get to in a second. I want to encourage you, you and I must know we must know that God lives in us through his spirit. And Jesus is going to come back and he's going to come to you and I and say, what are you doing with these? What are you doing with me and these gifts that I'm giving you? That we all Listen, these are, I want you to notice, these are all what we have in common. Each Christ follower has the word. Each Christ follower has peace. Each Christ follower has love, grace, forgiveness, Holy Spirit, and friendship with God. We each hold that in common. We're going to get to a challenge for this in a second, but I want to encourage you. Do you get that you have these gifts? So what do we do with these gifts? Let me, let me try to illustrate this the best way I can. All right. Let's see. I need, a, I need a dummy. Nathan, come here. All right. All right. Come on here, Nate. You're my guinea pig for today. Everybody say hi to Nathan Mole. All right. Take a seat, Nathan. Yep, that's your seat right there. So the question is, what do we do with these gifts? So Nathan is going to represent all, all people, believers or not, okay? You got the idea? So Nathan represents you. I'm sorry he's not as attractive as some of you, but we're, we're working on that, right? Okay, all right, all right. But his heart is beautiful, it really is. Okay, so Jesus has given, so this is a note, Jesus has given and entrusted much to each and every one of us as his servants. Because this much, we are required and demanded to be Christ followers. So again, the passage says in Luke chapter 12, um, anyone who much has been given, much is what? Required. And with whom much has been trusted, laid before, much um, they will be demanded more. Again, we each have individual gifts that we're going to be talking about next week, but what do we do with these common gifts? This is what we do. These common gifts are to give it forward. Give it forward. So what do we give forward from this? So making sure we're all on the same page. Before Christ, we were empty. In Christ, we are filled with him as a gift. Nothing that you earn, nothing that you do. From Jesus in you, we have some gifts that we hold in common. And again, this is just a few. But what do we do with um, this life that we now live as faithful servants? We give it forward. So how does this start? It starts with simply this. We give other people ourself. We give up ourself. How many times you go to Walmart and you're like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's about me, I'm quick, I, I just like, um, I want to get through this line or whatever. No, what should we do? We should like, I'm going to give up my, what? I'm going to give up myself. And this is what it says in 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is what? In you whom you have received from God, you are not your own. Got it? 
you're like, what are you talking about? You, in Christ, are not your own. Why? Because you were bought at a price. What is the price? Jesus Christ's death on the cross. He bought your life from death and sin. Therefore, what should we do? Honor God with our bodies. Now, what do we do with our bodies? What do we do with ourselves? Do nothing, Philippians chapter 2 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others, what? More significant than ourselves. Not looking at our own interests, but the interests of who? Others. So may this be the case that from the very beginning, if Christ lives in us, we give up ourselves for the betterment. Remember what Jesus did? He gave up his crown, technically, his deity um, for, for a season. He was still God deity. But he came to this earth, humbled himself, died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. So what also, what do you think we should do? From the fruit of this, we should offer people what? Peace. Isn't that just pretty cool? Think about this. Jesus Christ is in us. Now we get to offer people peace. You want to get um, a little serious? Here's the serious. How many of you would love peace on earth? Raise your hand, peace on earth. Great. Just like the supermodels walking down. What do you want? Peace on earth. Okay. All right. So we all want peace on earth. So why aren't we giving it? Think about this. If we have been given peace, our job is to give what? But we're not giving it. Look at the last election. Look at the COVID craziness. Look at your life and my life. And we, if we're living in anxiety, how can we give peace to others? If we're living in dread, how can we give peace to others? Here's a quick just encouragement. If you truly believe that you've been given peace, live in peace. And then give peace. I really think, I really think that if we of Christ followers was just chillax ourselves and just trust Selah, as we talked about a few weeks ago, and just have peace, I think the overflow would be like, hey, why are you so peaceful in the middle of this? Oh, let me tell you about my Jesus. But what do we do? We get worked up just like anybody else. Why? Because we do not truly believe that we have the peace of God in our life. Not only do we have peace, and I've got plenty of verses that can go along with this, we also, we give grace and forgiveness. I'm going to make this very clear. This person might have hurt you, okay? This person might have raped you as a child. This person might have hurt you psychologically, emotionally, whatever. This person might have, have hurt you. So whatever you and I have gone through, I want you to hear me, that stinks. But the same grace that we have been given through Jesus Christ, we need to give. But there's, I want you to see this illustration. Does not mean that we have to be like, hey, rapist, thank you, I give you grace and mercy. That's not what, not, that's, it's like, I, I forgive you. And you can say your distance. Got it? But you still have to what? Forgive them. They don't deserve the forgiveness. But neither did we. That's why we give grace. Not only do we give ourselves, we give peace, we give grace and forgiveness, 
but we also give what? Love. Now this, undeniable. Whether somebody is struggling with homosexuality, whether they're, they look ugly or weird, we, we, we're literally, now this is what we're supposed to do. We love you. No matter what they look like, smell like, act like, treat you like, we are called to love them. As scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 13, but if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have what? Love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers, and if I can understand all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have all faith, even to move mountains, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. If I give all I have to the poor um, and deliver my body to be burned, but still do not love, I am nothing. And listen, Christ followers, you are something because you have Jesus. So act as you do in faithful living for him. And then, of course, as you can perceive, he gives us his word that we get to put into our hearts so that we don't sin against him. He also gives us us friendship. So what should we offer to people that we just don't understand? Friendship. We, we just we give friendship. Well, no matter what race, no matter what economic standings, no matter what they say on Facebook, you know, let's, I want to I be your friend because we are friends with God. And then... God Almighty has given us himself, not only through the blood of Jesus, but through his spirit. We say it again around here, listen to God and do what he says, but how can you listen to God and do what he says unless we are abiding in the word of God, but also the Holy Spirit? Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 24 says this. But I say, walk in the, what? Spirit. And when you do, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of, fits of, ray, fits of anger, reveries, dissensions, divisions, envy, envy drunkenness, orgies, and, the, and these things like these. So in other words, and the list can continue. This is again, I'm going to say that this is again is what Jesus is saying in this passage. For those who are not faithfully abiding by the Spirit and they're gratifying the flesh, this is practicing these things. Listen, I warn you, emphasize again, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do, which means practice such things, will not inherit what? The kingdom of God. Jesus said this in Luke. It's saying it again here and throughout. But, everybody say but. But... The fruit of the Spirit that's in us. Watch this. These are all external things from the fruitfulness of us. So now, but if we walk in the Spirit, the Spirit is in us, and we listen to God and do what he says. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, 
we give love. Joy, we give joy. You get the idea. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against says things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ. Got it? You belong to Christ. Have, um, have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Oh, church, hear me closely. It's not that difficult. We look at this and say, that's a lot. Yeah, but every day you just love people. Every day you forgive people. Every day you walk in, in grace and mercy. Every day you just treat people as friends, not buttheads. Listen, what do we do with this? We need to keep each other accountable. So if I see now Nathan not, not, let, not having peace, if Nathan is struggling with this, my job as a Christ follower is to come to him and say, hey, I'm noticing that there's not peace in your life right now. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Okay, there's peace that surpasses all understanding. So Nathan, how can I help you Stay accountable with peace. Guess what? That's called discipleship. But also, and I love this, and I'm going to leave us with this verse. Since all are in Christ for us, we need to spur one another towards love and good deeds. Nathan, great job loving people. Great job walking in the Spirit. Great job being patient. Great job. Keep it up. Keep it up. Let us be the cheerleader for each other. You be the cheerleader for me. And when we do, it's like, you need to work on this, but praise the Lord for this. And when we do, we all, as the church of Jesus Christ, gets to build each other up while keeping each other accountable. Why? Because Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And if he's coming back soon, we need to be found faithful. And how can we be faithful as an independent Christ follower, found faithful by collectively coming together, by encouraging each other, through accountability, and spurn each other on. Church of Jesus Christ, I want to end with this. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 to 25. And let us consider how we, since it's a collective group, we can spur one another on towards love and what? Good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the, what? Day approaching. That day is when Jesus Christ comes back. The question is, are you ready, and will you be found faithful? Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, Thank you for your love, your grace, your peace, your word, your spirit that you've given to us through Jesus Christ. Forgive me and forgive us for not living this out like we should. But may today be led by you, Holy Spirit, that lives in those of us who are Christ followers to be spurred on to do the right thing, knowing that, Jesus, you're coming back sooner today than you were yesterday. We don't know when. But while we're doing these good deeds that don't save us, but it's a fruit of our salvation, Lord, please help others to see Jesus in us so that we can pay it forward and give it forward. Oh, 
what an honor this is. Lord, if there's anybody here that does not know you, Lord Jesus, as Savior and Lord, they're empty without you. So with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, how many of you in this room can honestly say, you need to be filled with Jesus and to receive him as Savior and Lord, to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, because you know that that emptiness is to be filled by him. If you say, you know what, Dave, I don't understand it all, but yes, I believe that, and I want Jesus with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, just pop up your hand and pop it right back down. All right. Go ahead and put your hand down. Lord, you see these hands. And thank you that a prayer does not save them or me or anybody. But Lord, a prayer like this, in our own words, opens up our hearts because if we confess with our mouth, you are Lord, and believe in our heart that you raised us from the dead, you will be saved. So for those of you who raised your hand, or maybe you did not, say a prayer something like this, knowing that the prayer does not save you, but it's a surrendered heart that does. Say something like this. Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe that you came to this earth as a gift for me. That you died for the forgiveness of my sins as a gift for me. You rose from the dead as a gift for me. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Spirit of God, fill me. Change me. Renew me. For the glory of God Almighty. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that, congratulations in heaven is rejoicing right now, many angels. But we want to rejoice with you. This is a personal thing that you do with God. But we want to rejoice with you. So if you are and have placed your faith and trust in him, grab your connection card during this song and just check mark on the back with your name on beginning a relationship with Jesus. Catalyst Church, look at me, please. We're going to sing one last song. And as we sing this song, let us sing with all of our heart because we have been given much. And it's an opportunity and an honor now to give much. We collectively have these common gifts that we keep each other accountable with and we spur each other on with. So as we unite together in song, may you and I recognize that you're not alone. We are the church of Jesus Christ.